Welcome to the Stop Faking Fine podcast, a show that will empower you to finally show up for yourself while your circumstances may not be 100% your fault. Your life is 100% your responsibility. It's time to stop faking fine. Welcome back to the Stop Faking Fine podcast. I am your host, Dana Lewis. I have the utmost respect for my next guest, and I cannot wait to introduce you to him. I have had the pleasure of watching him mentor young athletes so they are best equipped to attain their sports goals. We are going to unpack the effects of stress on our student athletes and the playbook they need off the field so they can show up at their best on the field. Coach Michael Antarase is a former professional football player, a master trainer, sports performance coach, and the founder and owner of Resilience Fitness and Sports Performance Training. If you have a child who plays sports, you are not going to want to miss this episode. Welcome, my good friend, Coach Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Dana. It's good to see you. Oh my gosh, you guys, I have had the opportunity to witness this man coach my young athletes. And I am so excited to unpack this conversation for our listeners today. Michael, let's dive into young athletes and the stress that's associated with performing. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things that's coming up more and more in today's like culture. It hasn't been that way before. It used to be, oh, you got to be tough. You got to just put it to the side and you got to focus. I had a coach that once told me, leave that stuff off the field, focus on the stuff on the field, on the field, and all that stuff, you could get back to it after. But as we're becoming more conscious of the mind and the body and mental health, we realize that you can't just do that. We're, we're not two separate things. We are one thing that have that has separate identities, but we are still one thing. And when you're talking about stress, which we all face, Mm-hmm. When we're talking about athletics, which is a big part of these young people's lives, especially nowadays with youth sports being so big now, it's a billion dollar industry. And um, so competitive. It's so, so competitive. competitive. Yes. So as adults, we have come up with ways to cope for the most part. And some adults are realizing now in their adult life, wait, I'm still messed up. <laughs> and they're going back to therapy and they're, they're coming along with the whole wave of, you know, mental health. But how can we give our youth a chance to survive, especially in this age of highly competitive youth sports and this age of social media where they're exposed to just more people? Back in the day, I used to compete with the kids in my class. Yeah. Because that's who that's all I knew. The kids in my class, the kids in my neighborhood. Now our kids are competing with the kid from the next state and mm-hmm. the kid from the next part of the world because they 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 see it. It's so in their face. You know, Bleacher Report, ESPN, all these media outlets are showing them kids that are their own age, mm-hmm. their own height, their own size, competing, doing as well, maybe a little bit better. So there's so much pressure, there's so much stress. How can we give them the tools to not only cope? but to overcome and to achieve and and to be great. And and that's one of those things that it's so new. It's so fresh. We're still trying to figure out the the ways, the best ways how to. This is not something that is like discovered and we have all the answers, but at least we have a few. So like, what are those few things? And kind of to backtrack a little bit, youth sports has become a billion dollar industry. 
it's one of those things where people figured out, hey, parents will do anything to make their kids happy. Oh, that's so and to see their good. kids succeed. And you know, you have three yeah. boys, right? And I, all your boys can do sports. I have three boys and we have done lots of coaching together. And my, e- my email inbox is constantly peppered with the next thing that I should be doing to get yes. them to excel, to be accepted <laughs> in college sports. Yeah. So when you say it's a billion dollar industry, I feel the effects of that because I'm, I'm constantly trying to juggle. Well, does this make sense? Should I, should I spend $500 for us to drive three States for you to show up at this <laughs> event? Like where, 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 how do we navigate that? Dana, I have a four-year-old, as you know, little Ava, and I'm getting bombarded already because, you know, she just started soccer this year and, you know, we love our soccer league. We love, love the people who run it, but it's email after email. Oh, summer, summer soccer is coming. Summer three on three, summer skills. If you want to do skills on top of that, this, that, and it's like, oh my goodness. And you know, Sally May, she loves soccer. She likes soccer because her friends do it. But now Sally May's mom is like, oh wait, after soccer season, she should sign up for this club team. Cause all the girls that were getting re- recruited that were like five years older, they played on this club team. So mm-hmm. let's sign her up for this club team. And then, oh, what about that summer league? Oh, the summer league has a lot of coaches that go and watch. So we need to get her in that too. So she's playing all of a sudden she's playing all year round. The, she's looking at rankings. Kids are being ranked from age 10, 11, 12. And she, like, you know, what does that do to someone's self-esteem when they see the next girl from the next state who they thought they were better than ranked higher than them. And, you know, and then you have the pressure of college and everyone's like, you got to get a scholarship because college prices are so high nowadays. So it's like scholarship, yeah. scholarship. So it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of stress. Yeah. Um, how do we maneuver that? How do we get around that? It's one of those things where I tell a lot of, I've worked with a lot of parents because I work with a lot of athletes. And one of the things I tell them, you know, with, with anything in life, with social media, which is very prevalent now, it wasn't when we were growing up with this wave of, of youth sports being so intense. I tell them, you can't really control the waves. It's almost like trying to go to the beach and control the waves. You can't do that. You're going to stress yourself out. You're not, you're never going to be successful. But what you can do is teach your kids how to surf. Yes. And teach your kids how to swim and teach them how to maneuver the waves, right? So don't tell them no social media because they're going to sneak behind your back and they're going to start a page. Mm-hmm. But what you can teach them is how to maneuver social media and, wh- and what things are healthy and what things are not. So what practices can we do to help our kids manage the stress? The first thing, the most important thing, in my opinion, being a, a fitness person, you're a fitness person, is controlling your mind, your body, right? Nutrition yeah. is one of the big things I tell. And that's one of the, the places where our youth are like struggling right now. I talk to some of my athletes. I'm like, what did you eat today when they're struggling in the workout? They're like, uh, I had like a, uh, maybe like a cereal bar in the morning at lunch. I had some curly fries and soda. I'm like, that's why you can't perform right now. Like you don't have any fuel in your body. Like, what are you doing? I said, imagine you're a high performing car. You get to the track. You have no gas. You can look as good as the next car. You can be shiny. You can have all the wheels and the, you got oil. You can even have oil in the engine. You're not going anywhere if you don't have gas. Let's say you have gas, but it's like regular, like right, uh, like, the inexpensive stuff. Burn out. You need that high premium. So what I'm telling my parents: don't worry about 
they're asking me about creatine and protein. I'm like, don't even worry about that. Let's get the basics done. Let's get some greens in them. Let's get some fruit in them. Let's get some whole grains. Let's get some complex carbs, some healthy fats. And once we get that going and that consistently, then we can start talking about what add-ons can we do to raise their level, right? Yeah. And let's pause there for a second when you of talk course. about when you talk about nutrition. Yes. So educate us on what exactly that means. I think you and I both uh, subscribe to the helping hand approach to yes. eating. Where, and for our for our listeners, you guys, I will drop this helping hand cheat sheet in the show notes where you are getting the vegetables, the grains, and you're getting the proportions of that. But yeah. how are you teaching your athletes? Can you unpack that for us a little bit? Sure. It's it's really one or the other. And I have this approach with everything when it comes to anything nutrition, anything fitness. And I'll start with a metaphor first. You have two people. One is very internally motivated to get up and run in the morning. One, not so much. Both can get the same running gains and get the same amount of miles in if they have the self-awareness. The person who is highly motivated to get up in the morning and run, he doesn't need so much self-awareness. He just needs to make sure that he has the time in the morning to do that. He's going to get up and do that. The other person has to be self-aware, like, I'm not motivated. So he has to hit up that first person. Hey, when you go run, pick me up, knock on my door, wake me up, and I'll go run with you. At the end of the day, both will get the same miles in, both will get the same work in, and both will get the same benefits from running, even though one wasn't highly motivated and one was not. So let me pull it back to the nutrition side. You're going to have some kids who you're like, I need you to eat this way. And it's going to be, all right, that's fine. That's cool. They like their broccoli. They like eating peas. They like Brussels sprouts. They like eating their protein. Other kids are going to be like, no, miss me with that. (laughs) And you know. (laughs) Because you have you have one of those picky eaters at home too, so there's going to have to be a way that both of them still get the nutrition that they need. And the best way to do that, if they're not a real good eater, is supplement. You have to supplement those nutritious, those macros and those micros into their diet. How do you do that? Well, that helping hand will show our our listeners a lot of the ways that I do that even myself. Sometimes even I don't get all the nutrition that I need but I make sure that I'm getting my greens in with my green supplement. I'm making sure I'm getting my fiber and some of my micros that I'm missing with my, with my seed fiber supplements. I'm making sure I'm getting the extra protein I need. If, I, if you're an athlete and you're trying to build muscle, you need protein. You need, need, need protein. So I'm making sure that I'm getting that extra protein in my diet with my protein shakes. Even doing something as simple as like a late night snack, mashing up a banana, Throwing a little bit of that chocolate protein on it, cut up a strawberry to throw it in there. And it's almost like I'm eating like ice cream or something like that, right? It's a really healthy way to get more of what you need in you. And whether you're a healthy eater and you're eating those greens and you're eating well, or you're like a kind of a picky eater, but you're supplementing, you'll still get what your body needs to perform. So that's the biggest thing. A lot of the times when you go to a therapist and, you, and you, as you know, my wife's a therapist, as soon as she sees a child and she's evaluating that child, one of the first things she's asking about is nutrition. And one of the second things she's asking about is movement that she's starting to see. And we're starting to see a trend that these people, 
uh, these, especially young people who are dealing with these, you know, mental illnesses, who are dealing with mental health and struggling, they're not moving as much. So that's another thing we got to talk about. We got to talk about movement, movement. We got to talk about the ideas of movement and we have to dissociate movement from competition because usually athletes, every time that they are moving and exercising, they're doing it in a competitive way, in a way that is forced by coach or forced by mom or forced by dad. So we got to learn how to separate the two and start addressing like movement and making it so that they move because they love their body or they move because it's just fun or they know it's good for them. And, and that's a struggle with young athletes because like all they know is I'm all or nothing. I have young athletes. And when I, when I go out for a run or a jog, yeah. Yeah. I will ask them, do you want to come? And they're like, what's the point? <laughs> Why? They're like, if I'm not going a hundred miles per hour, I'm right. If I'm not competing, like why, why would you do like, why would you do yeah. that? Just go out for a run. But they have changed their philosophy on that because of your program and because of your yes. educating them on things that you do on game day and things that you do leading up to game day. Yes. And yes. I want to, I want to back up to something that you said a little bit ago about awesome. nutrition mm-hmm. and, and protein and whatnot, because through your coaching program, you have really taught my athletes on how to eat and what to eat. The education, I'm, I've been doing education because I'm obsessed with nutrition and I'm a fitness professional and I've been doing yeah. that always. So they, they came to you from, you know, good seed. Yeah. But they have <laughs> learned, like I, my oldest athlete, you taught him like, dude, you're not eating enough. Yeah. You're, you're not eating I, enough. Yeah. And when I showed him, how much he should be eating. He was like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's how much I want you to eat. He was like, I, I don't even, I don't eat anywhere near that much. I'm like, it's going to be a practice just like yeah. you practice anything else. And he was like, all right, I'll, I'm, I'm going to try. And so, you know, he's tracking the food and making yeah. sure we're, we're planning. Cause if you don't plan, you're not going to do it. So he's like in his head, he's planning. Like when I leave the dining hall, before I leave, I'm making a sandwich and I'm taking it with me. Like yeah. that planning and that, that, you know, yeah. that mindset of I'm going to to do it because I know it's going to help my body. And when I, my body is helped, I can then perform the way I want to do it. And, and then, and then on the back end, when you are energized and when you are performing and you're performing well, and you're like, Oh, the athlete gets that way. This works. And it just continues them on this positive cycle rather than this vicious cycle that we see with so many youth athletes when it's like, wake up late because you're tired, grind, grind, grind at the pool. You get home, you barely have enough time to prepare anything. So you grab something real quick that's not as nutritious. You go to school, you're in school, you grind, grind, grind. You have a lunch, maybe it's not the best lunch. And then after school, you're working out again and you're so tired, you can barely stay up to do your homework. And then you're tired, you're tired, you're staying up. You barely keep your eyes open before you know it's 1130, 45. You're like, I got to go to sleep because I got to do this all over again. And that's yeah. that vicious cycle where it's like bad nutrition, bad sleep. Movement is now stressed movement because you're right, like, like, let's pause there. It's stressed movement. And you didn't even yes. mention social media. And then I didn't you, even mention that. Yet. You, <laughs> add, you <laughs> add to that the blue light and the Instagram and all the yeah. things. And you have set yourself up for chaos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And w- which is funny because in that sense, in that chaos right there, our body is affected as well as our mind. 
our mind is clouded and affected. Our body is clouded with uh, higher cortisol levels, right? Lower dopamine levels. So you're in this like funk. And then you got to bring the social aspect into it, like social media and stuff like that. And when you have social media bearing down on you and you have like things like college recruiting, maybe it's not going as well as you think. And that's bearing down on you. And you have rankings, literal rankings that tell you that you are only worth this much to a university or you're only worth this much to, you know, the next team that would want to recruit you or have you on. I mean, this impact of of that, the impact of that, like, let's pause there. The impact of that is severe. Yes. Yes. And if you don't have those coping mechanisms in place already, if you don't have the strength built up from those practices already, if you don't have someone that's talking to you, um, that is a louder voice than social media, than the rankings, than the, the recruiting. If you don't have that self-esteem that's built outside of your sport, it's very hard to deal with. If you don't have the nutrition, if you don't have the sleeping habits, if you don't have the movement habits, it's almost impossible to withstand. And we are starting to see it. We're starting to realize it. Notice we haven't talked about how good you look, how skinny you are, because none of that matters with what we're talking about. And you see it in the media. You see it in the news. Unfortunately, and we were talking before we hopped on this podcast, unfortunately, if you look at the you know, NCAA level, we've had multiple suicides in the past couple of months, right? Even one close to home right there down, the, down 81 in mm-hmm. Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. So we're looking at this like, wait, so you can be super popular on social media. You could be starting at the university of your choice, you could be doing well. And and all this is still not enough to deal with the stress that's putting on you or deal with the the mental, the mental toll that this all takes on you. So, so those things don't really matter. What, what do, and, and we are starting to like realize, Oh, it's these like, and they're not huge things. They're not huge things. In, In my mental fitness program called the playbook, if I broke it down to you in the simple, this is what we do, you kind of look at it and say, oh, that's not, it's not too complicated because it's, it's really not. Mm-mm. We move. I, it, oh, yeah. go ahead. It's, it's not complicated. And mm-hmm. I think as people, we want to overcomplicate it. We, yes. <laughs> we want, we want, we want some big, high program, whatever. And when you explain what's in the playbook, it's like, Really? Yeah. That's that's all that's all I need to do but the playbook that you share from my own personal experience has been everything to my yeah. athletes. Yeah. So unpack so, the playbook for us. So first and foremost it is a it's a program for young I say young athletes but athletes as you know I I is a huge range, right? If you move your body in a way that is athletic, you are an athlete to me. So I have some young, you're an athlete, Dana. (laughs) Believe it or not, you are an athlete. And you know, I don't know if you remember this. Believe it or not, I I believe it. I believe it. I'm an athlete. One of my social media posts, remember? And I was like, who is an athlete? And you had you doing deadlifts for like (laughs) 150 pounds. But yes, 
everyone who moves their body in that way is an athlete. And, and this is programs for young athletes. And what we do is one, first and foremost, we try to build that trust with our, our people. That, that trust is everything because once you have that trust that they will, they will be able to go along with what you're telling them to do, knowing that in the back of their mind, coach whoever is working with them most of the time is coach mike doesn't have an ulterior motive for me in his head no matter how much you love them i'm talking to the parents now as soon as you say anything out of your mouth your kid is going to think you have some ulterior motive whether it's a positive grand one or whether it's not they just that's what they think so that's why it can seem like this person said the exact same thing that i said to my kid yeah, my kid responded to that and not to me because they have this filter. So it's like as soon as mom says it, as soon as dad says it, it goes through that filter. They're just saying this because they want me to be X, Y, and Z, or they just saying this because they want me to do A, B, and C. So you have to have that trust so they'll follow. And then two, what we do is we take movement, we make it fun, we make it less competitive. They need to learn how to do movement that's not competitive. Movement where they're not trying to PR. Movement where they're not trying to erase the person next to them. This is for them and them alone. Mm-hmm. We talk and let's about- talk about the benefits of your mental wellness by doing it for you and you alone, right? Yes. Yes. Because that's what it comes. No one, no one can, just like no one can get you stronger. Like you can have a trainer. That trainer doesn't get you stronger. You push you. Right. Then no one can get you better at pushups than like you have to do the pushups. So you have to have someone who's going to guide you in a way that you can like accept it. So when you have a program that you, you give someone movement to do, you give someone weekly prompts to think about and to talk about. You give someone books and readings to read. Like there's a bunch of books I have, like The Champion's Mind by Jim Afro and The Brave Athlete by Marshall Patterson and Grit by Angela Duckworth. Those are books that I have that I give to my athletes to read because it settles their mind and it gets them focused on what are leadership qualities? What, what is grit? What is resilience? What are misconceptions I have about being tough? How do I take care of my mind and my body? How do I find identities outside of my sport, which is huge, right? Mm-hmm. Then you give someone a space to talk, right? We have video calls. We have a messenger that if you have anything on your mind, talk to your coach. Your coach will talk right back to you. Space to talk, movement, talk about nutrition. Then we give them a space to meditate. And when I say meditate, it looks different client to client to client. Some clients, you tell them, hey, I want you to do a yoga session. And they'll say, forget it. I'm not going to do any yoga. <laughs> but then you can tell that same person, I want you to go for a walk. Don't bring any media with you. I want you to start your timer, go for a walk. You have your watch, come back after five, 10 minutes, stop your timer. Then I'll know from the app that they did the, the training. Or I want you to start it I have this five minute long, we have different tracks. Some of it is just like birds chirping. Some of it's like waves of, of the ocean. So I want you to just sit there and listen five minutes and just clear your mind. And then that's it. Having those like pauses mm-hmm. in your day, usually your day, that's all like fast, fast, hustle, that can significantly lower those cortisol levels, 
gets your dopamine back up, gets you to relax, gets you to loosen up some of those muscles that you just are tense throughout the day. You get to just like let them go. And those practices, that's pretty much it. I just like showed you literally like the whole program. What we do is we provide the tools for them to do it. We schedule them based upon their individual schedules, when to do it. And there's that accountability factor Mm -hmm. because I can tell when they went for their walk because I can see their steps. I can see their heart rate, right? I can tell when they did the meditation because I get the notification with it. I can tell when they complete their workout and we make it interactive. Sometimes I'll say, hey, send me a video of you doing X, Y, Z, or send me a picture of you doing this. And we have like a little, you know, communication chat box and we talk about it. We give them rewards. We give them accolades for staying consistent through the program. It has really motivated. The program has really motivated my athletes to the next level. Yes, because they're because it is interactive and because you are truly coaching them and you're giving them programs for them. So they can yeah. say to you, I have a soccer game on Friday. What should my workouts look like for the week? Yes. You're coaching them through sleeping. You're yes. coaching them through nutrition, Even stretching too. Yeah. Stretching is a huge <laughs> one because nobody wants to take time for no that. No one wants to stretch. No, I mean, it, we're all, we're all guilty of that. Nobody wants, nobody wants to stretch, but through stretching and through nutrition and through sleep and through taking those mental breaks. Yes. Yes. And you're partnering with them and teaching them how to do that, which is fantastic. So one of the biggest things I want to tell my parents as they go and they, they're taking in all this information, they're trying to figure out how is like the best way to help their their athlete, you don't have to wait until there's crisis. And this is one thing that I, I scream to the rooftops. It's like waiting until you're, you can't walk anymore. Cause like you, you literally can't stand up because your abdomen hurts so much. You don't want to get to that point before you go to the doctor. You want to have those checkups, right? Mental health is not something that you should only address when there's a huge crisis. Mental health is actually, and mental fitness, I like to call it, it's something that you should work on every day, every week. You should start working on it just because you are living in the society. Like we talked about, we are living in this state of constant waves. So as you know that you're going to get your athlete to the beach, that's something that you should have already taught your athlete, or that's something you should be teaching your athlete as you're on your way there, as you're there. You don't want to get to the point where you're waiting until crisis. I I use the Simone Biles example as, you know, she trained, trained, trained for so long. It's like four years for the Olympics. She got there. Physically, she's ready. Physically, she is the best skilled, most skilled gymnast in the world. But she couldn't compete and she couldn't win because she had something going on with her mental fitness. Right. So. What I'm saying, I'm not saying that she didn't do the right thing by backing out at that point. That was the right thing for her at that point in time. But what about leading up to that? Was there a program that she was on? Was Were those things something that she addressed all the way to that point? Those are good questions. And those are questions that need to be had when we talk about sports performance. Because me as a sports performance coach, my job is to make sure that you can compete at your highest level when that is required. Mm-hmm. So when you have a champ, when Luke has that championship game, you know, and he's playing and he needs to score that goal because his team needs it because it's one, one and it's in the, like the last minute, 
I want him to be able to score that goal. Now, so what do I do? I make sure he's fast enough. I make sure he's agile enough. I make sure his conditioning is up. I make sure that we do all the injury prevention stuff so he can be like on the field so he's not hurt on the sideline. But what if his mental is not right? That still takes him out of the game. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, shoot, I can do everything that I have been doing and still have an athlete get to that point and not perform. Yeah. So that's why I need to work on this mental fitness thing. I need to make sure that this is something that's not preventing my athlete from competing. Recently, we've seen in the news, I'm a Philly fan because I'm originally from Philadelphia. (laughs) We're Northeast people originally. So one of our stars who's now in Brooklyn, uh, his name is Ben Simmons. He hasn't played the season at all, even after they traded him because he said he didn't like the situation in Philadelphia and what it did to his mental health, even after they traded him, he still didn't play this season. And he said, you know, it's a back issue. And then they were like looking at him like, ah, it looks kind of fine. And then he finally came out and said, it's a back issue that is spurred or that rises because of my mental issue. Mm. So you have this guy who's supposed to be this all-star. Like he's lit- he is an all-star. He's one of the best defensive players in the NBA, but he can't compete. And their team ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs. Wow. So, so you're looking at this and you're like, all right, how, how, do we, how do we increase our mental fitness? It's not huge things like we talked about. It's not like, how do I get stronger? I have to do something crazy. It's I have like, to no. lift a car. You have to go lift cars <laughs> on a daily basis. No, it's like no. you don't have to lift the car. You just have to lift these five pound weights and lift them again. And then the next day, lift them again. And then the next week, lift eight pound weights. Yeah. And then lift them again, lift them again. There's this guy named uh, Simon Sinek. And yep. he's this like, you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Great speaker, great, great speaker. speaker. And I love the example that he used about, all right, you go to the gym, you work out really hard and you look in the mirror or you step on the scale and it's like, wait, nothing happened. And then you go the next day. All right, I'm going to go the next day. And you do the same thing and then nothing happens. So you give up. It's like, no, you don't give up. It's like brushing your teeth. You brush your teeth, right? That one day of brushing your teeth didn't really do anything. Mm-mm. It's consistency. But if you don't brush your teeth, yeah, but if you don't brush your teeth for two, three, four months, you're going to see something that you don't want to see, right? And you're going to get something that you don't want to get. So was it that one day that made a difference? No, but it's the consistency of you brushing your teeth twice a day, every day for that long period of time, right? And it's the same thing with mental fitness. It's not just journaling one day it's not just talking to someone one time one day it's not just moving your body it's not just making sure that your nutrition is up that you're supplementing it's it's the consistency of doing it day to day week to week learning how to turn it from something that mom and dad wants or something that even coach mike asked me to do turning it into something that I want to do and something that I see value in and something that is helping me. And I recognize it's helping me. So this is something I'm going to continue to practice. It's a very hard thing for high achieving athletes and high achieving parents, but there has to be a point in time where the athlete can distinguishly say, these high aspirations are mine that I have these ones that I'm doing right now, not that of my parents. It's always good for the parents to initiate, but there has to be some time that the athlete takes over. If there's not, there's going to be a lot of struggle. There's going to be a lot of added pressure to that. 
And we want to relieve pressure. That's, that's our whole thing, relieving pressure. And we do that by doing the right things for our mind, the right things for our body. So yeah, because when you talk about keeping that pressure up, it goes back to cortisol. When that pressure is mm-hmm. on and you can't mentally think yourself out of the equation, your yes. cortisol is at a maximum, which also raises inflammation in your body and prevents yes. you from performing. Yeah. And inflammation is like literally the, the thing that causes everything, chronic disease, pain, stress. One of the things that we have to realize is that it's so funny. I, I looked at this research study and I, I'm going to find the link so I can send it to you. Working out very hard doesn't really raise your cortisol levels. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing. It's like, wait, so this person worked out really hard and their cortisol levels spiked. But this person worked really hard, burned the same amount of calories for the same duration, and their cortisol didn't spike. So it's not even just like the, what you're doing to your body in that single moment but it's everything that was before that, right? This person didn't sleep the night before. So they woke up, they woke up stressed, they woke up late. So they're already in like a thing. They're already in a fight or flight mode. They're already in a fight or flight mode trying to get there. And instead of settling their body with some breathing, they can't because they're late, right? Instead of like waking up and just having a couple moments where you're just still, they can't because they're late. Instead of putting something nutritious in their body, and, you know, something that is like going to fuel them, it's, oh, I'm tired. So two cups, three cups of coffee and their, their whole day was ruined in the first five minutes. Right. So it's like, all right, we got to have practices. Right? One of my practices for a lot, I'll get a client and sometimes my new fitness client, and I'm not even talking about youth anymore. Sometimes with my new fitness client, I'm like, this is all we're working on. I'm, I'm starting you on the digital detox from 10, 10 p.m. And I want you to sleep and I want you to drink water and I want you to have a nut- something nutritious in the, the forefront of your day. Does that have to be the first thing that when you wake up? I want you to wake up. You're going to spend five minutes sitting on the edge of your bed. I literally have a morning bed ritual where like they'll cross one leg over, look over, cross the, the leg over, look over, reach, reach, forward reach, back bend. And it's like a little like three to five minute routine as you breathe and the first thing in the morning. And then I want you to drink two cups of water, but before the time you wake up and leave the, the, the house. And I want you to get something nutritious, at least in the first three, four hours of you waking up. Yeah. Just doing that, going to sleep, drinking your water, that little routine, you'll see people lose like two pounds in the first week, three pounds in the first week. And it's like, wait, I'll... All I did is go to sleep and drink water. It's like, yes, but that cortisol level dropped just yeah. by you just like listening to your body and being a little bit slower. And it's the same thing I do with my athletes, right? Hey, I'm putting a digital detox on you at 10.30 p.m. Coach, I got work to do. Blah, blah, blah. All right, we'll make it 10.45 and make it 11. But by 11, by 10.45, you're getting that automated message that says, go to bed. Or that says, let's prepare for bed. So that means laptop off, phone off. Most of the time when they're doing social media is late night. When it's a scroll, 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 scroll. So that gets them, that gets that, them off that. that gets into a pit of time where they don't yes. even know how much time that they've been on yes. scrolling yes. social media. So getting that phone out of your room and out of your bed is yes. so important for, for getting that quality sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So digital detox. 
and I want you to come up with some kind of bedtime ritual. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be, but something that you do before you go to bed. So that's going to condition your body. It's going to condition your mind. Maybe it doesn't work for the first week or two. It feels silly. But as you continue to do it, your body's going to say, oh, I do this before I go to bed. So by the time you do lay down, you're more inclined to shut everything down and go to sleep. So at least we're getting some good quality sleep going into the next day. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I am faster in the pool. My times are dropping. All of a sudden your self-esteem is a little bit higher. All of a sudden you're performing better. And all of a sudden you're like, hey, I have enough energy this day to go a little harder in my workouts and you're getting a little stronger and your times drop a little bit more. And now you're on a positive cycle instead of a vicious negative cycle. So mm-hmm. it all kind of goes hand in hand. And you know, different athletes have different individual things that they need to work on a little more than the next. And that's why this program is so good because it kind of takes... It is a standard program, but it takes everyone at, like at an individual approach. You know, some people need help, you know, or that little motivation to go to bed and sleep. Some people need a little more motivation to stay, to keep their nutrition on point. Some of my athletes need a little more talking, literally just talking to them and getting them to build up their self-esteem. And they do that not really in their sport, but they do that outside of their sport. And then they can bring that to their sport. It's very tough building up self-esteem because just like getting stronger, I can't put self-esteem on you. That's something that you're going to have to develop yourself. So how do we develop it? If if I'm working with a swimmer, I'm not going to develop it in the pool. Cause that's like the, that's where they work and that's where the stresses are and that's where the worries are. And that's, you know, I'm going to do it in a, a little bit of a non-competitive area of their life. So maybe it's like their workouts. I could only do four pushups in the beginning of the month. Now I could do eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, I look, I looked at myself in the mirror and I, I, I kind of like, I like that little tricep thing. I see, you know, uh, okay. <laughs> like I'm getting stronger. Right. Oh, all of a sudden, like, you know, my guy, he's like, you know, I can, I can start seeing my abs a little bit. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's journaling and realizing as you journal that, Hey, I am really good at this, or I'm really good at that. Um, and then me going back and forth to that, but like, well, how do you, how do you see yourself using that? How do you see yourself doing that? One of my athletes, she was really into drawing, but she never really did anything with it. So I said, you know what? Let's trade time. And, I, and I'll talk about trading in a, in a little bit, but I'm like, I want you to trade some of your social media time that you're using right now into creating a social media page for your drawings. Yeah. Oh, coach, I think I could do it. Yeah, you could. Of course you could do that. And she does it and it just makes her happier. And all of a sudden, people that she doesn't even know are following her. And oh, this is amazing. This is good. Someone's like, can I buy uh, one of these paintings? And that boosts her self-esteem to a point where she could take that and she could take it back to her sport. So trading time is also something I I like to do with my athletes. I try to connect with them on on a level that they're maybe their parents are not. And a lot of that generation is like, you know, no to this and no to that. And I don't think you should be doing that. And what I realized is I'm going to connect with these athletes better. And I'm not telling them no, but I'm telling them let's trade, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to trade you that honey bun for 
like why why are you eating this honey bun? It's like, oh, I'm hungry. All right, I'm gonna trade you that for this like peanut butter and jelly sandwich on whole wheat. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna trade you that. And I want you to trade in that Mountain Dew for like uh an edge drink, right? Mm-hmm. Or or I I love the greens. I love mixing mm-hmm. the greens with energy. So I'm gonna trade you in in that sense. I'm well, even trade- talking, talking with them about educating your, your athletes about the nutrition and about yes. how, when you're eating that honey bun, because it's cool and that's what everyone else is eating. And it <laughs> came in a fancy package, yeah. how that affects the rest of your day and ultimately your workout and also yeah. your mental well being. So yes. how are you educating your athletes on that? So one of the biggest things you know that, and, and we use an app to do a lot of these these communications, this accountability, these prompts, these tasks. One of the things I love about this app is I was able to, and I fought with them for a long time, but I was able to get a whole. Uh, I'm sure people by now have know my fitness pal and what that like entails. I was able to get a whole library of foods put into my app. So you can, when you track the food that you eat, you can type in honey bun and honey bun. You can start as soon as you start typing in, it'll auto populate. You click on it and you can literally see the macros and see how it impacts (laughs) your daily nutritional goals. So you're like, can you you elaborate on on what macros are in a honey bun? (laughs) So, yeah. So it's like, oh my goodness, that has no coach. Mike says I need to be getting protein that has no protein in it. That has high carbs, high fat, and all the all the micros. It doesn't have any vitamin B. It doesn't have any vitamin C. This did not do anything for my goal, and now I feel like I can't even eat anything else. For, right, because you're next, full. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, so you're really partnering with this with the athlete to educate yes. them to understand just generalized nutrition because it's unfortunately not something that's taught to us. Yeah, and, it's, it's it's not taught to us, especially at like that young age. Yeah. But what is taught to them is competitive sports. So it's like really weird because to be highly competitive, you have to, you know, train, practice hard. And to train, practice hard, you need to use your body very hard. So you're talking about a young person who's already burning a ton of calories just by growing, being very competitive, training, working out hard. And they need even more calories and they're not being taught which calories to put in their body. Yeah. So, so that's like, it's like, that's huge. That's that's, huge. That is so huge because it's not just a calorie because you burned a calorie. So you need a calorie. There is a point. It's a, there's a point behind that calorie and it not only affects your physical performance, but it affects your mental performance. Yes. Yes. So, so having that, that library, and giving the athletes a goal. And we, and we, and we talk right away, we establish a goal and I tell the athletes right away, this is a guideline. This is not something that if you don't hit perfectly, I'm going to come find you and knock you over the head for. (laughs) This is something that's just going to teach you and it's going to show you how you should eat. So, you know, in your mind, after you've done it a couple of times, by now, you know, uh, generally how I should eat throughout my day for me to feel good for me not to feel good. One of the coolest parts about the macro tracking on the app is that there's a messenger on it. So when I talk to them on that messenger on their on their nutrition side of the of the app, 
they know exactly what I'm talking about. They can see it as we're talking about it. So I can say something to them like, hey, you went over your fat a little bit this day, but I love how you hit your protein up. This is perfect. So they understand, okay, like this is good. Even though like, you know, I went over fat a little bit. It doesn't really matter because Coach Mike says I hit my protein. I hit my carbs. And I'm a, and he says I'm a growing I'm a growing teen. I need a little bit of that fat. So yeah. they they get that. If they let's say they don't hit their protein, I'm like, hey, this is one of those days that it would have been really good after that soccer practice to get in that protein shake. Mm-hmm. I know that for my athletes, one of the things that you have really helped with is like in in soccer because that's our sport, mm-hmm. wanting to be stronger, harder, run faster. Yes. They're, they're grinding the workouts, but they weren't, he wasn't eating enough. And, yeah. and I, as the parent, like I, I'm, I can make a healthy dinner, but I, I don't know exactly what he should be eating in order to get to where he needs to be. And yeah. just to watch him grow in education. And now when he goes to the gym, he brings his protein shake with him he good, brings good, the good, good. the seed fiber, the superfoods, and all all of the Coach Mike approved smoothie, so that yeah. he's ready on his walk home from the gym yes. to have his protein and hit yes. his goals. Twenty minutes is the rule of thumb. You want to get carbs and protein, especially protein, in your body twenty minutes after your workout, uh, because that's the window when your body's most accepting of that protein. Yeah. Your, 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 your vein, your veins and your blood vessels are dilated. Cause like your heart's been pumping your body's like at that, like calming down, looking to like replenish. You're not in, you're not in fight and flight anymore from the workout. You're kind of like on the, the down from that. That's the best time to get something in your body. And sometimes, especially with our like college kids or college athletes, or that's the time where it's like, Ooh, workout's done. Let me just chill. Mm-hmm. Or let me like talk and let me, so when you are prepared, you know, and you're like, Hmm, maybe I should take this so I can like drink that protein shake, like on my way home. Um, that, that's the best way to do it. And like Noah, perfect example. That's the best way to, to kind of prepare and to have a plan and to attack that plan, execute that plan. And then you just feel so much better afterwards. Yeah. And then you're able, he also has like nighttime snacks that used to mm-hmm. be, the garbage that you get from Costco <laughs> in the pack. Yeah. And that's what everyone's eating. Yeah. But he has changed that because he can look at the app and say, I haven't, I don't have, I haven't had enough protein today. Yeah. So I need to have another protein shake. And you're, you have your specifics on protein shakes, on superfoods, on all of the mm-hmm. things that you like. And we're very aligned in all of these things. Do you want to elaborate more on how protein isn't just protein and what you're picking yeah, up in a giant so can? You, you will go, if you go to GNC right now, you will be like, just have your head blown off with all the different brands of protein. Like there's like a bajillion different brands out there. And you, sh- you should still be mindful of the brand that you that you use. Uh, one of the reasons why, like we used the example earlier of a car, if you have a high-performing car, you need high-performing gas. So you can't just put anything in the tank and expect for you to go. Um, I specifically love the brand that we use, the Amari brand protein, because it is plant-based. Uh, when 
you are using a plant-based protein, you can use it across the board. You don't have to worry about if you're using it, you know, for a vegan, a vegetarian, like anyone can use this protein. It's very clean. It doesn't have a lot of fillers in it. You'll see a lot of those brands, they want to sell you a big tub so they can shoot the price up. So it's like, oh, this is a big tub. So I'm going to make this worth $50. And you're like, oh, well, it's a big tub and it's going to last me. So I'm going to buy it. But then when you look at the ingredients, it's a whole bunch of like BS that's not really doing anything for your body. Mm-hmm. Not to so mention like, that you not to mention that you can't metabolize it. So yeah, now it's giving so you indigestion. Wasted. Yeah, it's wasted. And it's and it's upsetting your gut in the time where you want to be high performing. So it's like, no, why would you want that? Um, a lot of people um, don't even know that they have milk allergies or even just a little bit of lack, uh, like lactose intolerance. Right. Mm-hmm. Some people don't know that because they don't drink milk as often, but like those, they start to get some kind of infl- uh, inflammatory response when they use whey protein. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you think it's like, oh, your stomach's hurting maybe because you worked out hard and you're not associating that with the stuff that you're putting in your body, the protein, this, this protein that we use has no way in it. Right. So, and, you know, I was talking to, I showed you the example. I was talking to my fitness clients. I have a lot of fitness clients that are coach. I'm trying to get my protein up. But naturally when I get my protein up, I'm getting my fat up as well. How do I get around that? And I'm like, well, there's a lot of different ways. Lean protein options. So go with like a leaner cut of meat than like, you know, your red meat that's a little fatty. Uh, there's there's the, the whole thing about, hey, why don't we try more protein dense carbs, like whole wheat pasta and stuff, regular pasta or whole wheat bread and stuff, white bread. But let's look at that protein that you're using, right? The protein that you're using, this one right here with whey in it, it has fat in it. It's like, oh yeah, that's true. But like, uh, I'm like, there are proteins out there that have zero fat. Our mm-hmm. protein have zero grams of fat mm-hmm. and 17 grams of protein per serving. So I'm like, do you use something like that. You got to find these, these options that will serve you well. Yeah. So, and on the days that like my kids need to get more protein, they'll just put an extra scoop of protein powder in their, in their, yeah. in their late night snack. And they're basically having chocolate milk and it's delicious and they yes. love it. And this is what they do. Yes. Like I told you, like if I need more protein at the end of the day, I'm like, all right, banana, mash it up in a bowl, mm-hmm. a little bit of that chocolate uh, protein. protein on there, cut up a strawberry, throw it in, mix it up. And I'm like eating it. It's so good. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Michael, I could talk with you for hours. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We're going to definitely have to dive into other subjects just one at a time. Yeah. But in summary, like, how do we find you? How do we, how do we, how do people join your program? And I just have to give you the utmost accolades for all of this because my young athletes have transformed their athletic ability, their mental game, their happiness and joy, all of the things. And a lot of it is learning. And you, you hit it on the head when you said learning from someone that's not your parent. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot to be said for that. So how do we, how do we find you on all the, all the places? Uh, There's a bunch of different ways to find me. Uh, My company is called Resilience Training. Uh, it's it's resilience fitness and sports performance training. They can find me on Instagram at at resilience training underscore. 
They can find uh, our sports performance page at resilience sports underscore, or they can just find me at, at coach underscore Mike underscore. And my last name is long. It's Atun Rashe, A-T-U-N-R-A-S-E. Uh, we also have a website. You could go to resilienceperformancetraining.com. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can find me, but we can also put a link for that. Also, a all, link the, all the links, all the links yes. will be in the show notes. You guys, we will have yes. links to find him links for the protein powder links for the smoothie recipes. And my last question for you is your name, your company name is resilience fit. Yes. Resilience fitness. Like what inspired you to go with that? One of the one of the best qualities that I was told that I had when I was younger was resilience. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really understand that until I really needed to understand that. And that's when I dealt with my knee injury, my junior year of high school. I was at a new school, tore my ACL. The surgery after that got complicated. And it was right before school started. So I had to miss about two, three weeks of school. Uh, my identity was crushed. I'm supposed to be, you know, new kid, football, b- b- basketball player on campus. And now I'm walking around in a, in a walker, basically, because I, had, I I couldn't even use crutches. I had a pick line so I could take my IV medicine outside the, the hospital. And I had just something in me that was like, you know what? You can You can do this. You can do this with school. You can meet people. You can learn how to you know, deal with academics and this, this injury, you can still go to college and play sports and get a scholarship, even though you missed your junior year, you can still do it. You just have to try and you just have to believe that you can and do the little things. And I remember realizing like, oh shoot, that's resilience. And every single time I came to like a crossroad, I remember, you know, that person, it was one of my gym coaches saying, you know, you're really resilient, Mike. And that just like stuck with me. And we came to 2020 to that point where in February, we're kicked out of our facilities where, you know, we had to, we're forced into quarantine. And I said, this is when I want to bring together a bunch of people to say, we're going to be more than just being able to be in facilities. And we're going to be more than being able to, you know, meet in person. We're going to be resilient and we're going to train anywhere, anyhow. And that's when I officially started resilience during the pandemic. So it kind of just speaks to me personally and the qualities and the mindset that I have. And it's not just in sports, it's across the board, but it can be applied to sports. It would be applied to fitness. It could be applied to life. The idea of not trying to avoid challenges or avoid struggles or avoid resistance, but learning how to be prepared for it, learning how to live while being in it, and then learning how to overcome and learning from those experiences so you can take it on to the next. So I love that. I love that. Being resilient is the opposite of faking fine, which is fabulous. Yes. <laughs> like it's the it's the opposite because I think when we it's talk about when we talk about student athletics specifically, a lot of parents can like fake fine in their child's athletics, like just Mm -hmm. turn a blind eye to it and press forward with the competitions, all of the things. So I have completely appreciated this conversation. Thank you so much for for being here. And we will definitely do this again. Oh my gosh. Have a great day. Thanks, Dave. 
Remember to show up for yourself unapologetically, because while your circumstances may not be 100% your fault, your life is 100% your responsibility. I cannot wait to see you soar.